0: Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Ground Buster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiry.
1: Blair Miller. Welcome back to ATV
2: Talk. How are you, brother? Oh, surviving. How about yourself?
1: Ah, I'm just having a great one. You know, thank you so much for taking some time out of your riding schedule um, to uh, to talk with us and uh, fill us in on your recovery from uh, last year.
2: Yeah, anytime. I think it's great talking to you and it's it's always a fun time.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So um, you had a setback at the end of last year, middle of last year. and. Um, how's that going for you?
2: Well, at Man, uh, it was during the mud race. That's I dislocated my shoulder and ended up tearing my labrum and, uh, rotate my rotator cuff in the front and the back. I needed to get that anchored back together and a uh, capsule eye and a hill fracture. just totally did a nice number on it. Um, thought I could still race on it, but then we went, got MRIs and stuff. And that kind of just put me out for the rest of the season. Um, once I realized like yeah no this ain't going to get any better I rode at sunset and it kind of half healed and just wasn't up to par um yeah I wait a minute wait a minute
1: wait a minute stop you tried to race with that much damage to your shoulder
2: yeah we already had surgery planned and I just wanted to it was sunset sunset ridge is one of my favorite tracks just because it's kind of sandy and it's kind of you know what I'm used to and I thought it'd be fun but I couldn't couldn't make it to the sand track, sadly. Um, it was just like any of the push motions, the push motions, like scrubbing when your shoulders get lifted real high on the quad, that I couldn't lift up at all. It hurts so bad to do any of that. And I guess so, cause I still raced. That happened Saturday when I dislocated my shoulder. That happened Saturday and I still raced pro am on Sunday. Got like a ninth or tenth or something. I'm not even sure. But I still raced and thought maybe maybe if I work at it it would be a little bit better, but more I did the worse it got and, you know, had surgery scheduled road practice and kind of just called it there. Cause I had to get off and practice because of, you know, not being able to grip the bar very good. And I'm just, I was weak. I was weak on that left side and it just wasn't worth it to cause more damage to try to ride out and get like a fourth, you know, overall points and then set me back for the rest of the winter. Yeah. So
1: when you went and got surgery, was the damage worse than they expected once they got there or did they already know what they were getting into?
2: Yeah. Dr. Scorefire at MSU um, they knew of the front tear in the rotator cuff, but they didn't see the back tear. And that's when they had to keep going and anchor it all back together. Um, And yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it seriously wasn't bad. I, you know, I think seriously, with surgeries, the mindset is the biggest thing with surgeries. You know, if you go into surgery, like, Oh man, this is going to suck. You know, the recovery is going to be terrible. It's kind of, you putting yourself down, you know, I had the impression, like I'm going to be right back at it. So I never stopped. I never stopped moving. I never stopped trying to get it going. Never, never stopped just, you know, it was like two weeks later at work, I was taking it out of my sling and doing some minor like, you know, uh, side to side motions with it, kind of reaching out. And then I talked to my PT guy and he's like, you did, you did what? And I'm like, yeah, it felt good. And I was starting to get itchy in the sling and wanted to do stuff. He's like, no, no, you're parking it in the sling for the next three weeks. And that's, or four weeks. And that's that. I did that and did their exercises and stuff, but I would still ride the quad around the yard and like push the quad, push the bars and as terrible as it sounds like, I I think the quad riding is actually making it better. Uh, There were times where like, I would go and do pull-ups just because I don't know why I would do pull-ups. I'd just do some pull-ups. And uh, it was like really achy for two or three weeks. I thought I did something bad to it. I went and rode and it was totally fine again. And I don't know, it it has its days where it's good and, you know, just learning what I can and can't do still. What's your strength level now? It's, mobility like i'm trying to get back full mobility like with a weight at different angles trying to just make it so it does things um you know strong in different aspects and it's like i said some days i'll like overwork it and be like oh god that sucked why would i do that yesterday and then other days it's it's fine um it it really just it really depends on the day and if it's rainy or not (laughs)
1: Well, everybody knows that everybody knows that listens to the to the podcast that I'm drinking an idiot and didn't go to the doctor for my shoulder, and I don't even want to know I don't even want to know what's wrong with it <laughs> inside there um, because it, I was told that you have to go to so complete replacement, but I'm also deep into my forties when they tell me this, and yeah uh, I still have a life of activity to go through and things to do. You know, I don't want to, uh, you can't take six weeks off doing what you're doing. No, there's no time. off. There's no time to take off. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, early in my life, I did a, uh, I tore the muscle on my shoulder blade off. I mean, I tore it, tore it to where it had like a stringer piece that would flop back over and get wedged in the joint.
2: Oh God. (laughs)
1: yeah and then oh. it would pop out in your sleep because you, you relaxed and it would allow it, it would allow it to roll out and you were fine but i lost size on that side i lost a bunch of stuff and instead of sewing a muscle back together what they do is they shave the torn portion away so it's still connected on this one little part and they make it like a raw like it's raw and what happens is it grows back together yeah i didn't believe that i thought okay whatever um it my right when when i got done my right side was better than my left side (laughs) then i went and crashed again and all that good work they did was for naught. but the moral of the story kids is when the doctor tells you not to do it don't do it period right
2: yeah yeah no it it certainly helps um it, it helps. Uh, they're there to help you. They're there to, you know, there's no point in trying to like tough through it. Uh, if you, if you're young, just get it done, get it done while you can, while you're still on your parents' insurance. Cause that makes it so much easier and nice. uh, <laughs> Just get it done, get it over with and uh, move on. And I think I was extremely fortunate for how much damage there was done to be where I am now. But it could still always be better. I could always still be better, and because of you know not doing things with my shoulder, i kind of i didn't like let myself go i didn't uh I was still in really good shape I was one forty five like all summer um when I did get my shoulder back together i um it was right around when I was like getting allowed to ride is when I finally got a stock y of z yes, I got a stock y of z um put a down payment on it was it's like a two thousand a uh, two thousand twelve um, stocker and put Nerf bars, normal MX race tires and stuff on it. uh Kill switch and that, the thing's fine. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to just spin laps and get It was a good therapy quad, I guess. It served its purpose as being a therapy quad. And so, so
1: no serious mods to it. But if they brought the OEM class back, could you race it?
2: I can race it. Like I, I could race that. I could probably race a TRX. I could probably race a KFX. Like it's not, and I'm not saying that to say that, but it, it's just a different, it's a different setup. It's just a different, what I was. Yeah. It, it is what it is. I mean, the stock Y of Z, I thought like in your head, when you're riding by yourself, you're like, God, I must be flying. Cause you know, you're wide open everywhere, you know, screaming around corners, hammering the clutch, preloading like a, oh, gosh, I wish swear words. I'm sorry. I need to not I'm trying my hardest. Um, uh, but it's not, and then I'd actually go out and race with somebody and I'd get frustrated because I, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. I can't come out of the corners the same way I used to with like the LTR. I couldn't square corners off. I had to sweep around the outside as hard as I can. And there's a little subtle differences between like the LTR and the YFZ, um, actually quite a bit. We've, <laughs> got my, my dad and uh, Steve Miller, they brought my hybrid down. Um, last Friday's today's like what the 20th. Yeah. Today's the 20th. And they brought it down on the 18th, 18th, 17th. And, uh, I've been doing some testing on that now. I've, kind of just stayed off the YFZ for a little while or I think I plan on staying off the YFZ for a while and just strictly focusing on the hybrid because once I got back on the hybrid, it was so different to the YFZ. Just the way it corners, the way it handles, the power underneath it. It's it's unreal.
1: And how are you feeling so far with your shoulder and your conditioning?
2: I'm feeling pretty good. I, I'm starting to feel besides the whole shoulder thing, um my cardio, this is something that I've never actually been able to do right now. I'm down at Decker training facility. Um, actually being able to, to train for this upcoming season and other seasons prior, I'm not going to say I wasn't training because when I was in high school, I was varsity wrestler and all that stuff. So I was in pretty good shape then, but to actually be able to strictly focus on moto related things and be out in the warmth and, and just keep, just keep throwing motos down and, and, you know, 20 minute motos here and there trying to just keep it keep your body going in the in the sport and i already see noticeable differences in just the way how i how i compose myself coming into corners and and different things like that where i would have been like last year or how should i say this i'm i feel like i'm at like where i was before injury so i don't really you know take that with a grain of salt see how it goes but it feels pretty good
1: so your skill set or the, the the feel on the machine and your skill sets are all back.
2: More or less. Yeah. It's just learning to, to retrust, I guess, retrust, pushing into corners, retrust being able to post up on that shoulder and not have it just give way because you know, in videos and stuff, I was watching, there's still times where I'm collapsing on that left side when I'm like scrubbing or like over jumping a jump, hitting a section of rollers. I'll be more favored towards that left side, trying not to do something to it. Even though it's just the mind trick of like, okay, no, just recenter yourself. You're okay. Like, you know.
1: Is is it because the arm is not strong enough or is it because you're scared?
2: It's just, I don't want to, I don't want to find out. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. it's one of those games. So I know it's probably are, it, it is fine. It is fine. But it's, you know, one of those things where I'd rather not, you know, err on the side of caution just because it is still really early in the season. And we got another, I mean, the season hasn't even started yet. And um, I've never ridden this much before a season.
1: So that's something new for you as well to be that in tune with the machine going into round one.
2: Yeah, and round one Daytona is always such a cluster. Um, not always, I mean, last year was a cluster, but I'm not even like thinking of Daytona as like a big, it is a big race. It is a big deal, but in the sense of the grand scheme of things, it's the first round. I just want to get out of there clean top five, top 10, what, just get out of there clean, move on to Gatorback. move on to Texas. And then, you know, as the series goes on, if I'm not in a good spot, then get a little bit more aggressive doing some other different things.
1: What are those other different things?
2: Yeah, you can't can't tell all the secrets, you know. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just, you know, different like mindset come like different mindset, really, you know.
1: In the the pro sport, in the pro-am, how aggressive are you guys? Because most of you are friends and most of you have known each other for years. So how aggressive do you really get with at that level. Cause you're still only racing for a trophy.
2: Sadly. Yeah. Uh, I wish it wasn't that way, but I, there's, I mean, how badly do you want it? It's, I,
1: I, I'm asking you, I mean, are you willing to
2: bump and rub? Oh, that's, that's what I do. I mean, that's not what I do, but I'm not afraid of doing that stuff to do what I got to do. And, um, I think the pro and pro sport classes, just because they're, those classes are now starting to get full because people are starting to drag their feet wanting to go to pro because pro is starting to get full. So now you're having like this mixing pot of like the top amateurs call us amateurs or whatever. And it's, it's going to be gruesome because now you have kids that are just learning how to do six laps, like in pro sport. Cause I think uh, a classes and all them, they're only like five laps. And then all the classes under that are four laps. So you're having kids start to learn, all right, I got to go two more laps at a way more intense pace, which I mean, that's when I first came into the class, I was, I was pretty dead after those. And then, oh God, Sunday, I got to run 13 minutes plus two, which compared to a pro moto, it's it's just an extra five laps. It's just an extra five laps uh, for a pro it's moto a whole other race. Yeah. It's a whole other race. It's basically a pro sport moto and a pro am moto together to make a pro moto um but i think it's going to be good i think it's out of everybody cuz there's then you, how the rules how the rules are laid out is somebody moving from b to a can also run pro sport so you're in in some like last year i remember at daytona you had b riders jumping up into pro sport because they can and it's daytona so why not they it, it, it wouldn't hurt them at all because they would, then they would just drop back to a run a and not have any repercussions for it because a class or pro sports essentially like an advanced A. Um I, I'm I that's the understanding I'm getting from this pro sport class. I'm trying to make it like not trying to, I'm trying to get a, a better understanding of how to make it like more official or all that stuff. But that's just the way it currently is set up to be. And then pro am is the next step, and then pro is the next step from there. So yeah, then you'll ha- yeah. So you're having kids that from pro sport to pro am, you're not even having like I would probably say five to 10 won't run pro-am because they're still running the A classes. And I think to run, I mean, nobody's going to run two thirteen minute motos and then two A classes the next day. Like that's, it's kind of a lot. Well, unless you're Juan Andre Kuhu, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we ran Five classes in one race weekend, five to six classes. I was announcing at sunset and I swear I kept getting tripped up over his name every single time. It's like dude, he's like, is there more of these guys. No, it's just him. But
1: and how is his performance? He races pretty good. It's a hard racer. So he if he can do it, why can't anybody else do it?
2: Not many other people want to do that. I don't i, I, don't okay, I that's
1: it. Want is everything, right?
2: <laughs> right.
1: So but, you're gonna run, you're gonna run pro sport and pro am. Yeah. And and I'm just gonna throw it out there. This is your pretext for you becoming a professional
2: essentially yeah if okay the the pretext all right i'm just trying to think on how to elaborate from this
1: um (laughs) so you win the pro-am let's say you win the Mm pro-am are you going pro the next year like most people that win it
2: depends on if they allow hybrids in if not then i'll ride pro-am out again you know, and that's going to be the the stubbornness in the series is until i mean what what are they going to do if i don't move up past pro-am
1: they're if not going to do anything because they can't force you
2: exactly it's so up like, to oh, you been, yeah pretty much because i have i'm not saying i don't want to build a yfz but that's just not how i want to spend my days is just riding like it's, everybody rides the same quad and that's you know, until some other manufacturer comes out, there's no other quad really that's going to make the time, and and be for me at least comfortable and and cost effective and all this other. Well, stuff. there's
1: there there. You can still ride a Honda and you can still ride an LTR.
2: Oh yeah, you still can. But why aren't they? they what?
1: Molander's, mean, there's two guys riding Suzukis and one guy riding a Honda in the yeah. pro lineup. Out of you
2: know. twenty out of t- uh, 20 YFZs.
1: <laughs> well i mean it, it is what it is i mean at least there's somebody doing something different you mm-hmm. know
2: yeah and that's and that's what i like seeing too i like seeing i'm glad molander's on a, a ltr because you know i've talked with him a little bit and he doesn't like the yfz at all so go for him you know ltr it up they're you know for what they are they're they're really good quad and same with the hondas i mean they're those tech or that technology hasn't changed since 06 but it's already been maximized so you have all the parts availability because now people are just kind of throwing away those really high performance i wouldn't say throwing away but it's still more readily available people still have honda parts everywhere for those bikes and i can see them still being in for another couple of years but until until you know yfz's become a little bit more mainstream more of them as years go on it will be probably just yfz's
1: i i, I see that too You know, and I don't see Yamaha backing out of it because why would they? They can't, they can't build enough quads as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did hear some rumors that I'm not allowed to talk about, but that's, that's good to say things like that uh, on the show. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I've heard rumors. I'm not allowed to talk about them. So, um, I can't tell you because (sighs) I, 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 I've been asked not to say anything, you know, so it's good to put that little bug out there so now everybody's going to be buzzing about it and and well it will come out um, probably later than sooner, but um I'm still crossing my fingers and hoping that Honda will change their mind mm-hmm. you know and at some point come out with a with the new Honda, even the old Honda mm-hmm. you know I'd be happy if you could buy a a 2024 same exact thing as the 14 Honda. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have,
2: care. Yeah, just to have a new bike in in the line, something that isn't tweaked, the frame isn't whopped out in some way, shape, or form. It's it's brand new. It's always nice to start from new.
1: And I think that I think that Honda would sell as many as they could build. Oh yeah, because the recreational world is is screaming for machines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever comes out with one, whatever brand or whatever manufacturer it is. I think it's going to sell, even if it's a piece of crap, you know, and and there's a chance that that could possibly be happening, you know, you
2: think, uh, Pan Am, they're doing like a big unveiling of something new. So they
1: say, yeah. And it's not, it's not what you think it is.
2: I didn't think it was anything. It's, it's a woods it, quad. Could be. It's what I'm assuming from the woodsy backdrop. I mean, it'd be just, cool. if you keep,
1: I can't exactly, cause I know what it is, but I'm not allowed to say again, that's not what I was talking about. I just, uh, fortunately for me, I know enough people in the industry and there's enough talk. I get to hear a lot of different things. Some of them are crap and some of it's true. And <laughs> you know, it, I love it. it, it you, you, uh, you get get a good sense for things that are happening um, and some things that are coming. You know, I know of some releases in uh, for teams and for riders and things like that, that are coming that other people don't know about. Um, Some people do know about them, but that's not publicized yet. And um, yeah, it's great. You know, I would, I would tell anybody that's listening to this, stay tuned, watch and check it out because new things are coming every day. You know, and, and as 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 our platform grows, there are people that reach out to us, hey, we want to debut this or hey, we want this to happen. And, and that, you know, makes me feel good because people are actually trusting in me or trusting in my team to promote them properly. Um, it, it, it's just like when I told you that, you know, hey, this is what we do now. It's your day. It's your seven days. Mm-hmm. If you don't want me to promote me, don't send the email back. It, it, there's nothing I can do, you know, and Josh, Mil- Josh, Merritt, I'm sorry. I didn't send the email, but Valeria sent it. And, and that'll be probably three weeks ago that, that when this comes out. So Josh, we're getting you taken care of brother. Um, I had a string of, you're going to laugh your ass off because you're technically way better than I am. Uh, right. no, I can't, I sent a bunch of emails all wrong. I, I didn't know that, that that it was formatted incorrectly and I, I probably sent it 20, 30 times and, and uh, they either weren't getting them or they were getting somebody else's information. You know, I finally had to have Valeria in my right hand and IT and computer whiz, everything you want to say, no dummy that you're doing it wrong. Oh, really? Okay but we got it all straightened out and now I send it correctly. So, um, I don't have any shame in saying that. I don't uh, that I don't, that I'm not a tech guy. I'm just not.
2: Well, your tech is wrenches and working on things that go fast, not, you know, things that illuminate in front of you.
1: Correct. And, 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 uh, I'm struggling because we're getting more and more into the computer age and, you know, where you're plugging in and doing diagnostics that way. And, um, when you can't find the on switch to your computer, it's kind of hard to, you know, do diagnostics sometimes.
2: Need an extension cord because the battery shot. <laughs> we have a battery that, yeah, yeah. We have a computer to do our tuning and crap on and, You got to be strapped to the wall, extension cord plugged into the quad to get it to do it. And it's, oh my God, it's so old. I think we updated. We did update. We use now my mom. We always get like my mom's hand me down because she's a school teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. We always get her like hand me down little desktop, laptop things. And uh, the last one we had, I think it was like, it had Windows, Windows seven. Like, not even, no, no, it was old. It was so old. It was like a gamble if it would fire up. It's probably not a smart way to have your, you know, tunes and all your valuable quad running diagnostic stuff. So, <laughs> right. Upgrade. And uh, I mean, it's not like a crazy upgrade. Upgrade to Windows 10, so you know, it's a little bit of an upgrade.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I think that you have to have the latest and greatest in, in those things to make it work correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And there's people out there that can do amazing things with it. You know, I talked to Richard at Vortex. I mean, I think the guy's super, super intelligent. Um, Smarter than um, most people realize, you know, but you also got to figure for the way people do things. Well, why didn't he do this? Or why didn't he do that? Well, because it wasn't available when he started doing this. You got to figure this machine's been out how long, right? Yeah, I, that's ridiculous.
2: So he doesn't know changed. about. Go ahead. No, he, I'm just I'm so surprised he didn't know about California being different. Well, that's crazy yeah. with the emission stuff.
1: Unless somebody tells him, you know, the machine he got is an is an international machine. It's different every. It's the same everywhere but California. Yeah.
2: Gotta be yeah. carb compliant. Gotta be carb compliant. You know.
1: You know what? Easy, easy, easy. I don't want them picking, watching my shows, and yeah, I don't want them coming knocking on my door. You know.
2: <laughs> what are you doing? Removing commissions? Nah. <laughs>
1: no, I no don't know what you're talking about. I never would do anything like that. That's a close course competition. Can... Hands off. Close course. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Red sticker. Leave me alone.
2: Okay. Red okay. stickers. So close course. That, why can't we change? ATVs because I think that's isn't that the reason why the LTR got killed off was because the EPA regulations and all that stuff they got it was you know, that
1: company that you it was that organization that you mentioned that I'm not no, going to say
2: enough. They, okay.
1: because because they didn't reveal something and and there was a fine they didn't want to pay the fine boom there went the bike really and that's no. that's that's the that's the layman's entry level easy way to explain it there's more to it that i yeah i'm just not we're, we're just not going to get into it because it's not my <laughs> you kick. No. Yeah. but but what i have seen is suzuki's making a killing making little bitty cars to sell around the world you know so why would they make an atv when they're making a killing selling little cars
2: well and they're still making a killing on their dirt bikes with Kickstart, So, Ugh. I wouldn't say yeah key. I mean somebody's happy I mean
1: you know everybody capping on Ken Roxon for riding an old bike like that I, I think that's uh, so great, I think for the guy th- who who is if you took him off the motorcycle and put him into the regular world, he could get a disability check and never have to work again in the, the day in his life because of his injuries and right. the fact that he can ride the motorcycle at the level he does until I found that out, I used to cap on. Mr. Roxon, Ken, you are a stud and a hero and I apologize for ever doubting you because the way he's injured and the way he's came back, that guy is a full fledged hero, man. And, and he's riding a machine that I guarantee you his team is working overtime to do all they can to make it as good as possible. And he's still running in the top five.
2: And what's and here's the thing that I think is working with him on the you know him working with Suzuki is that he's previously already worked with Suzuki. So he's trying his absolute hardest seeing every opportunity to make it work. He's not leaving anything on the table to make the bike work as good as it physically can.
1: This is his exit party. Yeah. You know, so he has to make it as good as he possibly can. I don't think that they had the technology and I don't think they had people working for him that were as smart as Ken. And Ken in my everybody's gonna laugh, but I think he came from the best to Suzuki, you know, from Honda to Suzuki. He went from the best company to um an an also ran company. And he's taking some of what he learned from Honda and gonna make it better. Yeah. Yeah. It's just no. my opinion.
2: No, and that's, you know, as a, you know, being testing, doing that type of stuff, you learn a certain terminology and maybe with him going to Honda, they had a certainly like a certainly a uh, more specific type of terminology to, you know, and then Ken brings that over to the Suzuki. I can see that rank in the bike way better.
1: Yeah, because it, it, it is really, it, he is doing really well. He won a heat race uh, last weekend. And, and there again, did, hasn't he finished in the top five, almost every race. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I don't get what's going on with the mains. The mains have been whack. Chase Saxton keeps throwing it away.
1: I Over think Saxton again. is throwing it away mentally. Oh dude,
2: 100%. It's always that, that 10 minute point. And the easiest Eli Tomac is in ever. his head.
1: Oh. Eli Tomac is in his head and it's until he lets, gets him out. You might as well just fricking load that thing in a truck and go home.
2: Yeah. He's got penthouse view looking at a chase's forehead. Just
1: when that, when that orange bike and it, with the number two on it beats you dude, you might as well just pack it in. Cause <laughs> that guy, that guy ain't got, ain't got, shouldn't even be on the podium. What do you mean? Webb's gutsy. He has, he's tough. He's tough. I'm sorry. Man. I'm just not a fan. I,
2: yeah. Put him, like a, put him
1: on a, put him on a, put him on a red bike or a green bike or a yellow bike or a blue bike. Totally different world, but as long as he's riding what he's riding, yeah, I have no, I'd have no desire to even worry about it.
2: I was hearing rumors that he wanted to go back to Star Yamaha for a little bit.
1: Well, look at it this way: you look how good Eli's doing. You look at where <laughs> Craig is. Craig went backwards.
2: Yeah, no, he did. He was what? what He was third place outdoors to now tenth place indoors. I mean, again, he uh, got seven.
1: He's riding a tricker orange. he's basically riding a white orange
2: bike. You know, I mean it's the same it has thing. A composite subframe, easy on it, it has a composite whatever, subframe.
1: whatever, you can tricken you can package it any way you want. It's still an orange bike. <laughs> you know, uh, um until in it, why he left them if he left for money, dude, you should have taken a little bit less money. You don't have that much time left in your career. I think that um the kid's got mad skills and he needed the guidance from the Yamaha guys and the trust to push him over the top and and to make him be more successful. I mean, do I ever think he could be a champion? I don't know. I can't you can't say no because once you get once you get with a package, rider, mechanic, uh team manager, whatever and and they build you mentally so strong that you're unbeatable and mm-hmm. Eli Tomac has that right now not oh, yeah. only he does he like
2: around him that you know he has uh Gelmer um, um um Richard Richie Richie Gelmer is a suspension guy right now is that the main guy at KYB I, I have believe? no
1: idea I have no was, idea who uh, works with
2: him yeah so yeah because he got one of his his old mechanics back from oh. Kawasaki that you know he had a really good relationship with Brought them over to Yamaha, and you know, Star being not how should I say, Star not being a manufacturer, ran team. It's it's independent. They can do whatever they want. They can switch swap parts wherever they want to be. If they you want to run these style triple clamps, this style triple clamps, go for it. You know, there's no no sponsorship holding them down.
1: And I think that's the best thing for Eli. He wanted to make changes on the green bike, and they wouldn't let him, Mm -hmm. and it kind of demoralized him a little.
2: Oh, I, you know, I could see that happening to Villapoto, and he even brings it up and uh, who is he talking to that he brought it up saying he wish he would have just switched instead of quit or not quit, but retired. Yeah. That's
1: if awesome he would have went different. to a different kind of team. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that the, the, the red bikes are too over demanding, even though my belief is, is when you sign that contract, they own you. Mm-hmm. And if it's in the contract, dude, and you read it and you and you don't like it, that's on you. You signed mm-hmm. the contract, idiot. You could have went to that other team. You know, you were looking at the dollar signs and the prestige of the factory. And I'm telling you that I would probably sign the factory deal too. And look at the small print later and go, "Oh, damn, shouldn't have signed." Oh well, but oh. I mean, you, you, dude, you you once you once you make your bed, you got to lie in it. Mm -hmm. And you need to make it the best you possibly can because they're paying you to win races. They're not paying you to sulk. Oh, I don't, I can't run that triple clamp. So I'm not going to go fast today. You know, to me, that's, you know, no, you're getting paid a lot of money. You go out there and give it 110 and if not more every time, because that's what you're paid to do. And, um, that, that it's like professional athletes in other sports just pisses me off you ha- depressed you're depressed i, I don't care you- you're making millions of dollars dude <laughs> i'm out here busting my ass for pennies and you're making gazillions of bucks and i'm watching you you better be putting out more
2: have too you much know time and you have enough time to feel like
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, not about, it's not about your feelings it's about your performance shut up <laughs> I, I know. Went off on a little tangent there. Sorry, everybody. You know, now, yeah, everybody already knows I'm old school and how I feel about things, and and it, it's okay. I mean, I, I feel the same way about your mechanics and your engine builders and your suspension guys. If you're getting paid and you're on that team, perform. Mm-hmm. You know, if your package. That. Yeah, if your package is wrong, fix it.
2: You know, and it shouldn't be like a, oh man, I love it in testing, and then go to race day, be like, mm, this sucks. Like, oh wow, you should have, you know raced with it, you know, played race, practice race, done something to actually get it in the same mindset or get you in the same mindset, because there's a difference as a rider between practicing and racing. Yep. I'll never understand it either because I've always sucked as being a practice rider. Like there's just too much going. There's just not, how should I say this? When I'm racing, right. That's the only thing drawing my attention is going as fast as I can and not throwing myself at the ground. Like that is the main thing. But when I'm practicing, you know, I'm looking at different lines. I'm looking at the side. I'm looking over here. I'm looking over there. I'm you know, trying to keep my hands it's on you. It. Yeah, it's it's on me. It's
1: mm-hmm. it's terrible. You know, it's so like, you almost need somebody in your camp to set up a race for you as a practice with its pit board, stopwatch, yeah. you know, and and make it make it more of a work session for you. Yeah i mean that's just what i see
2: um one of the one of my buddies that are over here um i had him write down on the pit board like my lap times and i wanted him to write down the minutes of how long i was out there but he kept messing up the minutes wouldn't wouldn't put minutes up so it was just the lap time and it was like god i've been running the same lap over and over and and when i was on the stocker It's like, I can't go any faster. Like I physically cannot go any faster. And that's, but that's the mindset you need to be in when you're practicing.
1: But, but you could have, there's a line adjustment somewhere in your program that you could have made multiple little line adjustments Mm -hmm. and gained a half a second or a quarter of a second. You know, some, there's Mm -hmm. always, there's always room for improvement. And if you're dissecting yourself that way, and what you do you're going to go faster mm-hmm. you know Yeah. i mean and and how can you how can you set yourself up like the way you were talking about practicing and then on race day pushing yourself harder when you didn't push yourself that hard you don't know where your boundaries are on exactly. race day then
2: yeah no that's pretty much it Like if you don't test your own boundaries, you don't know where the breaking point is.
1: Right. I was just throwing that out there, asking questions to you. you Yeah.
2: I don't really have an answer to that. Like you just go until you can't. You go, you strain, you, you tire yourself, you keep, and then you do it again. You do it again and keep, you know, looking for that silver lining of, all right, I did a little bit better this time, but maybe I want to shoot for a little bit better this next time you go out and maybe it isn't any better. Can't let that bother you. Go back out, pound out some more laps, you know, go to the gym, train a little bit harder.
1: You That's think, like so. so let me ask you this. When you go to the gym, what are you focusing on when you go to the gym? What What kind of body parts or what kind of exercises do you work on?
2: I'm no Brandon Hogue in this aspect, but I I like getting on the rower and setting it on like nine or 10 or basically max. And cranking out a 5,000 at like a 25 minute pace, just something just to keep going because that'll work. Like, what I've noticed, especially riding the hybrid, is my lower back. Like, over the YFZ, no lower back issues at all. I felt great. Like, body wise, my body didn't get fatigued on the YFZ. But on the hybrid, because it's just a little bit faster, it's a little bit quicker, it's a little bit more, you know, darty, a little bit more, does things more. It's, it's straining me harder, It's straining me more. And it's making, you know, my back hurt so bad. And it's like, I never could figure out a workout that would actually work my lower back to the, to the same amount or to the same intensity, I guess, as like the row machine, because I'll sitting on that, just that back strap, like two, three from your waistband, like just that waistband region of your back. Oh my God, dude but it's 10 minutes. Now I'll see it. It'll start aching me about 10 minutes before at the beginning of last week, it was seven minutes. So there is improvement. And I'm like, I'm so glad that that's actually getting taken care of. I'll try to do some core workout. They have a pretty nice, like knee slider thing. You put your knees in it. Then you'll like lift your knees up to your chest type stuff. And I'll try to do those really slow, but like 10 reps going as slow as I can just to get as much strain as I can, you know, different, positions, I'll move my legs over to the side, I'll do pull-ups, um, run on the treadmill, that type of stuff. It's I don't really have a plan when I go into the gym. It's just whatever I feel like, all right, I'm weak in this category today. I need to work on this.
1: How about squats and deadlifts? Do you do anything like that?
2: I'll do like leg press, but nothing really squat related just because the bar kills my shoulders. Both shoulders. It's not just it's always been that way where it kills both shoulders. I haven't even tried, you know, putting a bar on my shoulder since that whole ordeal but that's just not the style of workout that i like doing i don't like heavyweight stuff that's not i don't think it really benefits me you know i've tried you should just, look
1: into you should look into deadlifts all right you know just a little i i understand the squat portion and i don't have a better answer for you you may get a random text uh from me for that at some point, um, because no, I'm not a workout guru myself at all, but there are specific exercises that, that you pick up from all different forms of athletics that seem to help you. Yeah. Like deadlift if done correctly in, and this is just my opinion. And some of the opinions of some of the professionals that I've spoken to. Deadlifts are is one of the best exercises you can do for your body. Really. Whole body. Not just not just your legs. It's a whole body exercise. And done correctly, um you're not talking about maxing your weight into some astronomical, you know, you're not trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or Lou Ferrigno or one of those guys that are just massive mm-hmm. Right, that. you're just you're trying to you're trying to build your body and, and make yourself stronger and more healthy, you know? So you need to you need to look into that and and just see about doing those kind of things to make your body better. It's good for your lungs, it's good for your core. It, it, I mean, it's just good for everything. So that's just something to look into, you know, not trying to tell you, tell you to change your program uh, or anything. I, I just,
2: definitely will, I'll, I'll see if what I can do in the gym. I'm telling every,
1: and when anybody listens to it, I tell them all the same thing, you know, it's, it's, I like them and I don't get to do them near as often as I like to. So I don't get to work out in any of the ways I used to. So, um, that's what happens when you're old and broken, you know, so go to the doctor, get healthy, keep yourself straight and symmetrical so that you, so that you don't have issues,
2: you know, It it helps staying symmetrical
1: totally most people don't understand most people don't understand that you're like if you're running or walking or certain things that you take for granted if you're not symmetrical it gets thrown off Mm -hmm. you know so keep your back straight you know i like i like going to the chiropractor um, because it keeps me straight i don't get to go as often as i like to but it it just keeps you straight, and if you um, if you look at the little chart, the the body charts of your spine and all how it all works together, and if it's all straight where it's supposed to be, dude, you, you our, our torsos or our bodies can hold like thirty five hundred pounds, really? if not more. Yeah, that's freaking incredible, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, when everything's aligned, you're not going to slip a disc in your back or something silly like that. It's, right it's scary because like i'm I'm hearing more and more like it i'm 19 i will be turning 20 later this year in may and uh it's funny because i'm having some friends get some like injury like oh man i slipped a disc in my back it's like shit you ain't old like wait 19 you're only well, graduating class what the heck like <laughs> what
1: what was he sitting on the couch and dropped his Pepsi and his, and his pizza fricking fell on him and he twisted wrong.
2: Something like that. Probably. I betcha he was working on his truck, trying to drop a tea case or something and strained differently and tore it or not tore, but twisted wrong. And I don't know, I, but stuff like that, that happens all the time. Like you can get injured doing the stupidest of things. You can get injured just stepping out of the trailer wrong. Like it's.
1: I knew not, of a- I know of a professional writer, which I won't mention his name because he didn't say that I could, but when he was in the hospital getting uh recovering from his accident, um which ended his career, um mm. the guy next to him or the guy that was there too, uh tripped in his living room. Really? Yeah.
2: How'd you get here? Oh, you're not gonna believe it.
1: Right. You know, and the the guy said, at least you were doing something cool. You know, <laughs> I tripped in my living room,
2: you know, nobody watched, nobody saw it.
1: No, no. You know, so, so we, we can all get hurt doing so many things, you know, and not even realize it. Um, you know, my 87 year old pops, you know, gets excited about working on something with me, you know, and, and, and he starts to move through the shop faster than he should. And, this <laughs> is his balance and wham you know and there's all that machinery and all that stuff around and he yeah, falls in right in, places yeah and he falls right in the walkway perfect center boom doesn't hit anything you know didn't hurt him fortunately but you know you think about that a couple inches one way or the other and it's a catastrophic thing yeah you know
2: yeah there's nothing so. soft in a in a machine shop welding shop anything i mean unless you're landing in a bin of scrap aluminum or whatever i mean it's not soft either <laughs> well, I mean, if it's, if it's fluffy like you're on a lave and you're laving aluminum away well, like the little chips maybe i don't know I felt
1: you're gonna get a couple slivers then but that's that's okay i guess you know so when you're out riding your hybrid um did you make any changes from last year at all
2: yeah i made a a couple little changes. Um, at the end of last year, we went riding at Baja acres. It was Halloween weekend. And, um, that track is just so weird. And my quad was way too twitchy. And I was like, all right, we we got to roll the ball joints back. We got to get the caster back a little bit or not the cat. Yeah. Roll the caster back, make it a little less aggressive so I can, you know, sweep through the corners a little bit easier. It doesn't want to just bite and take off in a direction. And that was the last time I rode the quad actually on a track then bring it down here. Right. And it's still pretty much the same setup. And I'm like trying to turn this thing. I'm like, Oh my God. Like it still turns, It still turns great, but there was like no feeling to it. Like it just, it did it, but it wasn't, there was, it was something, something was wrong. Like it just kind of glided through the corner instead of, you know, actually stabbing at a point and turning. So we rolled the ball joints back forward, made some like small clicker adjustments, stiffening things up. Cause I gained, I didn't gain much weight. I'm I think I'm up to like one fifty one, one fifty two. Oh no my god. I know, I know. I'm so heavy, right? Um I've been keeping an eye on it. I'd like to get down to like one forty nine, one forty-eight. I mean, like, yeah, like that makes a big <laughs> difference, but um, it's just peace of mind type thing. But yeah, you know, scrubbing things a little bit harder, pushing the quad into the face, having some G out issues and stuff, but got them addressed like on the second day of riding that thing and pretty much just chugging along throwing laps you know doing some testing making sure things aren't cracking because it's still the first you know that frame and everything is the same frame i raced last year and hey, can't talk pilot. about it
1: hey we can't talk about it so you'll have to scratch that i'm fair teasing
2: enough. you i'm teasing you no no, that's fine it's fine fair enough no it, <laughs> but it's it's had some time on it now it probably has i'd say probably 25 hours on it 25 30 hours on the frame which isn't a lot in in you know, the grand scheme of things, but you know, it's still, still quite a bit of time, you know, people are starting out fresh and I'm still, I'm starting out fresh from last year. Right, from right. last year.
1: So this is going to come out after Daytona.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. What do you, what do you predict for, uh, for Daytona?
2: What do I predict for Daytona? Okay. Uh, I predict Rain, uh mud, more of that. Uh single lane. Uh no, I, I don't have any idea coming into Daytona how it's gonna come, how it's gonna go. I just I wanna get through Daytona. I just I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I just wanna get to the light which is past Daytona. I have a whiteboard in the back, you know, fifteen it's gonna be tomorrow, fourteen days till Daytona. Whoop doo, but it's not it's I just need to get through Daytona cuz that's not where the season starts in my head or in a lot of people's you know thinking yeah it's the first race for pros and pro sport but the first race for pro am and um, everybody else is Gatorback
1: who's all going to Daytona I, there's a lot
2: i mean dude you, it's, it's it's a lot uh
1: i mean, I mean so much last, what i'm asking is is what classes are racing pro pro
2: sport oh, pro and what else yeah really yeah yeah because women mx elected not to and Bum,
1: bummed me out
2: yeah and i missed the meeting on trying to elect on not going for pro sport just because it's so much and you know the facility and everything. It's great. The place is beautiful. But it hurts. See, see, saying no hurts us. Yeah, we want. We no want, hurt, but saying yes also hurts. Like, okay, <laughs> but do you want the sport to grow? Yeah, I do. And that's okay. Then you need to say, yeah, have, you need yeah. to go there. You
1: need yep. to go to Daytona. You know. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it too. And the women's, I didn't know they elected no until after I already spoken to two of the lady pros. Um, I'll. Probably talk to Neve after the season starts, um and ask what what were you what were your thoughts? I mean, yeah. th- th- this is a premier thing for you to race in to to show your wares and and to prove your worthiness. And you say no.
2: You gotta understand, though. It was like camping's expensive. Pit passes. I mean, you don't have to get a pit pass, but all that everything at Daytona is so expensive. And if you're not bringing food in, if you're not you know, doing that type of stuff. Everything is at a premium because it's Daytona. And your point. my my, honest opinion of this is that it's just a cash grab. You know, might as well get the quad guys' monies as well. Yeah, televise it a little bit, but why, why can't we televise it the rest of the time? Why can't we promote this for the rest of the series? Why does it have to be just Daytona that we have to promote when it can't be the rest of the series? I mean, I get it. Daytona's Daytona. It's cool. <laughs> Whatever.
1: I understand so. why they're not, I understand about the promotion thing, but if you want your sport to grow and you have one place that's going to push the television or get exposure the way it does, you need to hype that up. You need to fricking save your pennies. You need to make that happen. Don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair at all, but you know, it it needs to happen. I'm doing everything I can on my end and, and spending my money to promote people. OK, which, you know, I've already said it. I don't need to say it again other than this is free promotion for anybody that comes on my show. You're not paying me to promote you. You're not paying me to publish your photos and and to talk about you and to 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 do this. Um, but. When you get an opportunity to get in front of a larger crowd by them plugging a, a small amount of television or an online viewership, you got to do it. You got to. You just got to, I know it's expensive, but dude, it's the only way that we're going to get TV through the other stuff, Yeah, you know? I mean, eventually, eventually it's going to happen. I can't tell yeah. you when, yeah. so, so I understand that and we have a an agreement to agree and not disagree, but agree
2: and agree Yeah. I get where you're coming from. No, I I do. I do. I, and I agree with you. I really do. Like we need to promote it, but uh, yeah, no, I agree with you.
1: I do. I should, I should be there. And the reason I'm not going there is because I can't afford to.
2: (laughs) Come on. I'm in the same. I I,
1: (laughs) I am brother. I am. And my bud, I'm already so over budget doing what I do that, you know, there's, there's no money to travel you know i mean <laughs> i wish brother i wish gosh i wish i would i would love to go not only to every motocross round i'd love to go to every gncc you know cover the works cover the best in the desert i'd love to cover them all um there's not enough of me but you know i'd still love to do it uh, or at least have people so that i could send them to to cover some of the stuff you know so really quick before i let you go pro class some new guys on the gate some guys from overseas on the gate some of the old guy old champions what are you predicting what are you thinking what are you seeing
2: i mean top two obviously going to be joel and chad because those guys are are just elite. Like those guys are just absurd. You now Joel's here right now at Decker. I'm watching him and I can't get any, like when I'm watching him ride, it's unbelievable. Cause he's just going so fast. He's going so fast. It's unbelievable. I haven't seen Chad ride, but I seriously think from uh, third to 10th, it's, it's going to be whoever gets a better hole shot. And then, and then some, you know, duking it out. It's going to be a really, really tight battle. But now you got third place getting closer to second and first because Hogue and Ford and all those guys they're putting in the work to be there as well. So now you have the potential of like let's say Chad gets a bad start and he might finish fourth because of it's it's just that deep of a field now. And then you got new guys like Kevin Sar. I really think he's going to do good. I really do. Um, not because he has 311 or anything, but just because just watching him ride and how deep into this he is. Like overseas, he was he's unbelievable he's a great guy so funny to talk to yeah yeah he's he's gonna do good I think he's gonna do good I think a bunch of the new guys coming in they're gonna find their place real nice and it's just all gonna shuffle out I'm just I'm more curious on how SARS gonna end up doing actually he's my he's my guy right now he's my guy
1: well that's I like I like your input there on that And I really appreciate it as always, Blair, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. We have a great conversation, you know, throughout everything that we do talk about. Sometimes it's not a quad related, but um, uh, I don't, I don't particularly think we should talk too much politics, but uh, a little bit of political banter now and again is good. But again, I, I wish you the best this year and I hope to catch up with you at some point during the season. The team here at ATV Talk would love your
0: feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV or an industry guest speaker I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International Inc. offers host MC and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom atvs for recreational riding or racing around the world and they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers send inquiries to duncan tech international at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter.